Parashat Kitisa begins with the mitzvah of Mahasita Shekel. The Torah says that when we count the Jewish people, is that each one gives half a shekel, call it half a dollar, and you count the half dollars in order to know how many people there are. So instead of counting them by your finger or by a number one by one, you take something and you count that something. That's for a different topic. Why is it like that? Why can't we just count them? But what's interesting is that's something that we're counting. We're taking something from them in order to count. What are we taking from them? We take half a shekel. So the obvious question is, why, why half? What's half a shekel? If already you're taking something, take a shekel. Take a dollar. What's, what's the issue with So I want to read for you the words of the Al-Sheikh. The Al-Sheikh says, Why a half and not full? So he brings an answer from the author of the Lechadodi that we say on Friday night, or Shlomo Al-Kabetz, says Rabbi Shlomo Al-Kabetz, why do they give half a shekel? He says, Shelo ya'ale alevadat. He says that nobody should think, here we are counting people, one, two, three, four, he says, nobody should even have a thought. That an individual who lives alone, and lives alone doesn't mean he has no people in his life. That's not what it means to live alone. We'll see soon what that means. But a person who lives alone, levado, one should not think that if you live by yourself, that you're called one. You're not called one when you live by yourself. The Torah is telling us that every person, he says, he's only a part. He's only a portion. Which means that by yourself, you're incomplete. Incomplete means that you can never find your true success in life by yourself. That's why when we tell every individual to give something, they give a half. Because the Torah doesn't look at one person as a whole. So it would not be proper for them to give an entire shekel. That would seem like you're done. Each one is one. You're not one. Each one is a half. That's what he says. So only when there is a hibur, when there is a connection, we'll see what that word means in a second, haber, only when there is this hibur with others, then you can make a hole. So again, the Al-Sheikh is saying, very simple. Torah says to give a half because an individual by himself is not considered anything of value until he becomes a haver, until he connects with others. That's why the Torah says, Mahasita shekel. By yourself, now, when we say by yourself, you're not hashuv. We're not talking about a guy who by himself does nothing. We're talking about by, by himself. He's an accomplished person. By himself, maybe he's learning day and night. He's doing every mitzvah in the book. His tefillah is beautiful. We're talking about a guy who by himself is a tremendous person. He's a tzaddik. Yesod olam is a beautiful, beautiful person who doesn't miss one mitzvah, does everything perfectly. That's what we're talking about. 
And yet that guy, the Torah says, just know that you're a hef. Until you know how to become a haver, until, and by the way, that's not so easy. You'll see soon that's not so easy. Don't assume, don't assume that when I said the word haver, that you have friends, so then you're good because you have friends. The word haver, as we'll soon see, is something bigger than we imagine. You know, sometimes in life, and I've, I've mentioned this before, we have words that we know the translation of those words for many years and never even think that they might be something different or deeper than our translation. Haver is one of those words. Because everybody will say, I have friends, I have haverim. But we'll soon see that it's not that simple, that you're a person who's a haver. Let me read for you a midrash. The midrash is discussing a pasuk in Shira Shirim. Right towards the end, it says, Hayyoshevet Baganim. I'm going to skip the simple explanation and go straight into the midrash. Hayyoshevet Baganim. The Midrash talks about Am Yisrael that's sitting and learning and keeping the mitzvot. Hashem says to this group, to us, Haverim makshivim lekolech. You know, when you're learning, when you're praying, Haverim, they are friends. Haverim. Makshivim. They're listening to what you're saying. Hashmi'ini. Let me hear. Good so far. Who's the Haverim? Who are these? It doesn't say, Hashem says, I want to listen to you. Oh, you're learning. I want to hear what you have to say. He's not saying that. He says, Haverim are listening to you. Says the Midrash, who are these Haverim? Says the Midrash, En Haverim, Ela Malache Hasharet. Angels are called Haverim. I never saw an angel. But angels are Perfect creations. It's not to their credit. They don't get a standing ovation for being perfect. Because they didn't actually do it themselves. The standing ovation goes to the one who made them. It's like a person who makes a beautiful product. An amazing product. Nobody stands up for the product. You stand up for the one who made it. So an angel doesn't get credit for being an angel. He's got everything pure like we say in the morning prayers. Kulam berurim, kulam ahuvim. They have clarity, they have purity. Angels. People say, oh, the guy's an angel. An angel is someone who is perfect. How interesting that when Hashem describes the angels that they're listening to us, what name does he choose from any characteristic of an angel? He could have said the one that's Shalem, the one that's complete. He could have said the one that's Hacham, the wise. The one that's clear, Barur. This could have been any word. Who are these listeners? The Haverim. Why are you calling the angels Haverim? From all of the descriptions you could have used on them, say Kedoshim, the holy ones. But no, from all the descriptions that we could have given to an angel, and it would be rightfully so, because they do have all the great qualities, the one that's chosen from all of them, which seems to be the 
the top of the top, what are they called? Haverim. Hashem chose that name to give the Malachim. The top is that they are friends. And listen to these Haverim when they listen to us. Listen to their comments. Well, Hashem is telling us about them listening and their reaction. Listen to what Hashem says. When He says, Hashemiahini, let me hear. Says the Midrash, Tenudatechem, you am Yisrael. You're sitting there, you're doing mitzvot, you're doing beautiful things. Keep in mind. When it says keep in mind, usually means it's something that you probably wouldn't have kept in mind. It means something that you probably would have missed because you wouldn't have realized that it's valuable. Tenudatechem, that you should not have hatred for one another. Hatred doesn't mean, by the way, like someone who wants to commit uh, genocide. That's not what hatred means. Hatred means that you don't love people. When you don't love somebody, it's already called hatred. We, use the, we say the word hatred and we say, oh, well, Baruch Hashem, we don't hate anybody. When you love someone less, when you care about someone less, that's already called hatred. It says Hashem saw, Vayar Hashem, Hashem saw that Le'ah was hated. Could you imagine that Yaakov Avinu would hate somebody, his own wife? Is that something, is that real? It says Hashem saw that Le'ah was hated. What's this hatred? Well, the Pasuk before says, listen to this. It says he married Le'ah and then Rachel. Vayehav gam et Rachel. You get those words? He loved also Rachel. Also means, besides that he loved Le'ah, he showed love. Gam et Rachel mi Le'ah. Mi Le'ah means more than Le'ah. So clearly he loved Le'ah. But Rachel, he loved more. What is the Torah? How does Hashem look at that? Vayar Hashem, Hashem saw, Kisenu Le'ah. That Le'ah is hated. Hated? Doesn't say anyway. He loved that. But when you love someone less than you're supposed to, it's already called hatred. Lo yisne'u. Make sure there's no sin'ah. We're talking about sin'ah, by the way, of family members. We're not talking about sin'ah of uh, people in uh, the Far East. We're talking about people in your home, your brother, your sister, parents, spouse, children. You could be a person who actually hates people who you think you love. Because you don't know what the word means. You think hatred started in Germany. You think hatred is something that was practiced by anti-Semites. Automatically. Hatred? Oh, that no, no, no. You don't understand. You don't get the word. You don't have the right translation. That's not what hatred means. Hatred is a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing in your life. It's a terrible thing in your relationships. In your family. And where, where is hatred? Where is it? If you love someone less than you're supposed to, you're called, you hate. Remember that. Hashem says, pay attention. Now you know why you have to pay attention. Tenudatechem. Pay attention. Now again, he's talking to people 
who are involved in learning Torah and doing mitzvot. He says, pay attention. Don't hate each other. And don't be jealous of each other. Don't look at a guy and say, oh, can't believe he has that. Why don't I have that? Don't do that. Don't be jealous of each other. You can have an a, 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 a ambition to succeed in your life. But don't be jealous of other people. And don't be competitive with each other. Don't try to outdo the guy. I'm going to outdo you. You did this, I'm outdoing you. Don't do that. And don't embarrass each other. So three things, four things. Hashem says, pay attention. The haverim are listening. Don't hate. Don't be jealous. Don't compete. And don't embarrass. Now listen to this. Because if you have any of those, because then the angels, the haverim, that are listening to your Torah, to your mitzvot, to your tefillot, they're listening. If you have any of these, the malachei hasharet, their job is to report back. Now you know Hashem doesn't need reporters to report back. There's depth in that. Maybe they have to report back. Hashem knows. But Hashem set up the world in a certain way. It's not for today. Bottom line, they're going to go report back. And they're going to say as follows. You ready for this? Master of the universe. Again, this is the angel coming back from the Bet Midrash. He went to the Bet Midrash. He went to the Bet Knesset. He saw Am Yisrael doing beautiful things. They're learning, they're praying, they're doing mitzvot, they're giving tzedakah. Gorgeous. Come back to the report. No, what did you see? The angels say, Torah shenatata lahem Israel." They tell Hashem, the Torah that you gave the Jewish people, they don't learn it. They're not learning. I mean, you just came back from a Bet Midrash. It's a full Bet Midrash of people learning. So the angels are supposed to come back and say, I saw they're learning. Maybe they had other problems. Could be. Maybe they didn't have a certain proper behavior or certain, okay. But at least they're learning. No. They're not a scheme. They're not learning. Why are they not learning? Because I, we saw when we came down there, while we're listening, we saw Eva. We saw there was mahluket. There were people fighting. There was kin'ah. There was jealousy. We saw a guy looking and saying, oh, that guy, he always gets the best Attention in the Bet Midrash. Whenever the rabbi needs something, he calls on him. When someone has a question, they go to him. Kina is jealous. Why am I not the guy? Sina. We saw hatred. We saw love below the line of what's supposed to be. Tahrut. We saw, we saw competing. Hashem says... Pay attention. The haverim are listening. And when you're involved in mitzvot, they're going to report back that you're not. Why? Because you're involved in these things with each other. We would have said, okay, they're learning. Maybe it's not so pure. They're doing mitzvot. Okay, maybe it's not 100% the right way. It's not lishma. Not the way it's supposed to be. That's what we would have said. But that's not what the angels say. The angels say these people are not learning. They're not praying. They're not doing mitzvot. That's, that's shocking. Why? Why are we not learning? Because we have these problems with each other. Because we're not haverim. Because we're not acting as a friend to the people in our lives. 
When you have jealousy, so you're not a friend. When you don't love someone the way you're supposed to, so you're not a haver. When you have mahloket, you're fighting with people, you're not a haver. When you're trying to compete and outdo the guy before you, you're not a haver. And if you're not a haver, the haverim who are listening say, listen, this guy, he's not oseg batorah, he's not really learning. That's a very shocking statement. Now, first of all, there's a few shocking things in this Midrash. Number one, that out of all names, the angels are called Haverim. That's their definition. The other th- shocking matter here is that you have people doing very beautiful things. And yet, because they are lacking in their Haverim status, so they lose even the things they're doing good. It's an unbelievable thing. I would have said, okay, they're doing great things, but they have a hole. But this Midrash says, no, you're doing great things in your life. You're giving a lot of charity. You're learning. You're doing beautiful. Oh, your your Haverim, your Haverim status in your life, you have all these issues with people. So then there's a very big hole in your life. Not a side problem. You got a big problem. Now we understand why we look in the Gemara, we look and we see that they have a name for a Talmid Hacham. If you learn Shas, you'll realize that when they refer to a Talmid Hacham, who's a Talmid Hacham, by the way? Talmid Hacham is someone who our rabbis tell us, just to understand, because we call people, everyone is called Talmid Hacham. This guy's a Hacham, that guy's a Hacham. But Talmid Hacham, Talmid Hacham is someone who doesn't walk four amot, eight feet, without being involved in Torah thoughts. I mean, he's so, his wisdom is so much a part of his being that he will not walk eight amot, oh sorry, eight feet, without being involved in learning. That's a Talmud Hakam. He says, oh, life is Torah. And yet, what do we call that guy? Interesting. What name do they give him? Haver. If you look in Shas, you see the word Haver. Who is Haver? Haver is Talmud Hakam. Why don't you call him Talmud Hakam? Why? You call him a Haver? Aren't you like belittling the guy? You have the, the Gadol Ador. He's the biggest person in Torah. He has wisdom till no end. They get up at his funeral and they say, you know, he was a Haver. That's it? He was just a Haver? That's all he was? He was a good friend? Didn't he have like more things to him? So why are you calling him a Haver? Seems... That from all the descriptions you can give a guy, Haver is the top. At Talmid Hakam, we're upgrading him when we call him a Haver. We're saying you're a Haver. But again, don't forget, not the Haver that you thought before you came into this class. You thought a Haver is someone that you're nice to, you say nice words to. Haver is how you are with your relationships. And by the way, it's not, you know, I'm good with this guy. I'm not so good with that guy. My, this brother, very good with him. That brother, not so good. That's not a haver. A haver, his, his group, his people that surround him in his life, he has all the things that we just mentioned. So I don't know that anybody should rush to imagine that they are that person. That's called a haver. The bottom line, the greatest description of an angel is haver. The greatest description of a talmid hakam is a haver. What is a haver? 
How do you get to be a haver? The Rambam writes in the end of the first Perek of Masechet Kiddushin, he writes as follows. He says, Derech Eretz. You've heard of the word Derech Eretz. Derech Eretz usually means etiquette, pleasant. Says the Rambam, what is this word Derech Eretz? What does that mean? Literally, it means the way of the earth. What does that mean? Listen to these words. These words, we could spend a long time on them. I'll try to do it very short. Derecheret says the Rambam. Now at least we'll know how many words we learned today. We learned about Sina. We learned about Haver. Now we're learning Derecheret. <coughs> you see, once you have your own translation to words, you always look good. Because your translation will always fit what you want. In fact, who you are made the translation. But when you actually learn what the word means, then so you start realizing, wait, there's something wrong here. What does it mean to have derecheret? Are you a person of derecheret? He said, me, of course. Derecheret, yes. Etiquette. I'm very, very respectful. I don't cut into people's lives. I don't... Derecheret. Comes the Rambam and says, let me tell you what derecheret is. You should know what the word derecheret means. Definition. Derecheret who? Haburat bene adam. Haburat tova, meaning Derech Eretz is a person whose connection to people in his life is a good connection. Means he has good connections to the people in his family, his friends. And what does it mean to have good connections? What does that mean? Good connections and what? Says the Rambam, two words. Two conditions to be a person of good connections. Benahat Ubemusar. That's how you become a haver. A haver is someone whose relationships are Benahat and Bemusar. What does it mean, benahat? Let's learn the first. What's the first condition? The first condition of becoming a haver, which is the highest praise we can give a person. What's the first condition? Benahat. Benahat means that your presence is always pleasant. There's a lot of things that you have to fix. Before your presence becomes always pleasant. It means that you never raise your voice. You never raise your voice. If you raise your voice, so you're not a pleasant person to be around. You lost your haver status. When you raise your voice, it's not benahat. It doesn't mean you can't tell someone they did something wrong. But if you raise your voice, you lost your haver status. When you talk while you're angry, you're not pleasant. In fact, Hazal tell us that when you're talking to people, especially your children or your family, your students, people that work for you. Hazal said, When you, especially when you tell, usually when we want to tell someone something that's important, that's the time we yell. Because no, the opposite. When you want to give something to someone, you have to say it pleasant. It could be very strong words, by the way. The message could be very, very strong. But you have to say it in a pleasant way. You don't have to yell to give a strong message. Why, says the Gemara, why do you have to talk pleasant? 
So that people could accept it. The Gemara is being practical. It's not even talking about your status of being a haver. The Gemara, you want to give a, over a message to your son, to your daughter, to your employee, to your talmid, to your friend. You want to give a message? You want them to hear it? You have to do it pleasant. Because once it's coming out of anger, even if you don't yell, if it's coming from anger, they're not listening to you. They don't even hear you. They're not accepting it. They may do it because they're scared of you. But that's not called they heard you. They're not going to accept it. We saw a famous, famous story in the Torah where Hashem told Miriam and Aharon that they did the wrong thing by speaking against Moshe Rabbeinu. He called them out. So when he came to tell them their mistake, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Vayomer. When he spoke to them, he used the word Vayomer. In the Torah, Vaydaber, Vayomer. Vaydaber, strong. Vayomer, soft. You would think this is the time of Vayomer. Vaydaber doesn't mean like, you know, angry. It just means strong. No. Vayomer. When he calls them out, Vayomer, soft. Shimona Devarai. Please, please listen to my words. Please, Hashem is asking, please, you tell someone who you want him to do you a favor. Please get me a cup of water. Please go to the bank. Hashem says, please listen to me. And he tells them why they were wrong, why they can't compare themselves to Moshe. And then, after the whole discussion, after he clarified their mistake, Vayiharaf, one pasuk by itself, Vayiharaf, Adonai, Bam, this is its own pasuk, it's not even connected to the pasukim before, got its own separate Peace. Hashem got angry with them. And he left. That never happened in your life. Tell me any conversation that a person got angry with you because they wanted to tell you something. It's always they get angry and they tell you. They tell you because they're angry. You never had a conversation where someone spoke to you as if everything was uh, calm and everything was great. Please, listen to what I have to tell you. And then, after he finishes talking, shows you anger. What an unbelievable... What, what, what is this all about? Why does Hashem get angry after? Shows them anger after. Because he needs to show them there was something really bad here. Hashem gave the anger face for a reason. It's that when your son is doing something dangerous, you don't just say, you know, don't do that. That's, that's for not eating uh, too much candy. No, don't do that. But if he's drinking poison, you don't just say, don't do that. You got to give him a face that shows that was serious. You can't cross the street where cars are coming. It's serious. How does a person know it's serious? Your facial expression gives the message. It's important that Aaron and Miriam should see this was serious. Hashem showed them an angry face, whatever that means. But notice, He spoke to them before the angry face. How come? Why couldn't He show them an angry face and talk to them? Says the Re'em, because if he would be angry and speak to them, they would not hear a word he said. Because it's a rule. Someone talks with anger, the recipient doesn't hear. 
doesn't accept, doesn't understand. Who we're talking about, you might say, no, I'm different. No, no. Here you have who's talking. The creator of the world is talking. The best teacher. The best orator. Who's the listener? The best student. Aharon Miriam. And even there, if the words are spoken in anger, they're not going to be heard because it's a law of nature. Someone who speaks angry words, those words cannot be heard. Benahat. Benahat means that your connections to people are always pleasant. Means you don't raise your voice ever. Ever. In your house, you never raise your voice. I know you're probably thinking, it's impossible. Okay, good. Now you understand why the angels call the haver. Something so great can't be so simple. You walk around thinking that I'm a, I'm a great friend. One second. You never could raise your voice. If you raise your voice, you lost your status. You cannot raise your voice. Ever. Not to your children, not to your wife, not to your employees. You cannot raise your voice. That's what it takes to be in the Haver Club. You can't talk with nervousness. Not pleasant. Calm down, then you can talk. A pleasant person, a pleasant friendship is a friendship is not heavy. Sometimes people get heavy. They get very sensitive. How come you didn't call me? It's been three days. How come you called the other person? You didn't call me. They get offended. You know, there are people that you have to walk very, 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 very tight rope around them. Because everything you say, everything you do is going to be analyzed and measured and, and commented on with Rashi and Tosfot and all the Omek. Then they're not pleasant. You become an unpleasant person when you're heavy. When you're makpid, when you're so particular. Pleasant means that people around you feel comfortable. They feel at ease. This is, says the Rambam, this is called a haver. When all his interactions are benahat. Never should someone walk away from you feeling nervous, feeling uncomfortable. Sometimes parents are not so benahat with their children. They put too much pressure on them. It's important to guard our children. But our home has to be pleasant. It can't be a place of pressure. It has to be a place of guidance, a place of inspiration. But it can't be a place of pressure. Pressure could be for many things. It could be in religion. It shouldn't be pressure. It should be beautiful. Pressure could mean we need you here to sit on the table. We're having dinner every night, 7 o'clock. You be here. You make sure you're here. That's what our family does. Relax. You don't have to be. Relax. Not every rule you made up it has to be a rule. Give people space. Yes, there's family things. There are important things. But you got to be. Give people space. Give your children space. Give your spouse space. Give your friends space. So many relationships are damaged because there's no nahat. And it's well-meaning people who care for each other. But somehow, the nahat isn't there. That is a goal for every person. That every relationship in your life, everyone, every time that you have an interaction, it should be benahat. That should be a goal. It should be a life goal. And now you should go to sleep. Before you sleep, write down, oh my, I messed up 38 times today. 
that wasn't benahat, that wasn't benahat. I got nervous here, I got upset there, I made the guy, I pressured the guy too much. It's not benahat. Yeah, no, no, that's for good guy. You got to work on it. It's a real life mission. I know, I'm talking myself, it's not easy, but it's something what we need to get to. Because the haverim, because the haverim, the angels are listening to your accomplishments. They're listening to your Torah, your mitzvot, your kindness to your family. They're listening to you. And they want to know if you're successful or not. They're not telling on you. They're not telling Hashem, oh, they're bad people. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is they're letting you know you're failing. You're raising your family and you think you're doing great. You're failing. You're sitting there doing beautiful things, but you're not succeeding. Why? Because you got all these issues. You got to be a haver. That's a real life goal. And the way to be a haver, says the Rambam, is your interactions should, ha- should always be, always benahat. If you're nervous, go lay down. Get ice cream. Go out. Not the time to have discussions when you're nervous. So that's condition number one. Condition number one of being a haver, which is the highest praise of a human being. Condition one is benahat. So every time it's not benahat, failed. Pick yourself up. Make sure tomorrow is better. Until you get it right. And the second one is, the second condition is, Ub Musar. What does that mean? That my friendships have Musar. Yeah, I walk around with Mesilat Yesharim, and every time I see somebody, I start reading them Musar. What does that mean? Ub Musar. Every time I see somebody, I give them instruction. What does Musar mean? What does the Rambam mean when he says, the second condition in a Haver is Musar. Let me tell you what he means. He means that most friendships in life, 99.9%, if not more, I don't know what the next is, is not a real friendship. Even when people are pleasant to each other, you could be pleasant to people, but it's all about you. For example, someone Lualin who's sitting Shiva. I have to go. My friend, I have to go. Imagine how I look if I don't go. What kind of person would I look if I don't go to Shiva? Gotta go. My best friend's having a wedding for his son. I have to go. What kind of friend would I look if I don't go to my friend's wedding? A person needs money. He needs help. I have to give him. What kind of friend would I be if people come to me for money? I don't give them. I have to say good morning. What kind of person would I look like if I, if I don't say good morning to people? I have to smile. How will people look at me if I don't smile? And the rest of the examples you give yourself all day, even in a marriage, it's don't people, people don't don't just graduate. If your friendship started that way, which all of us did when we were little, when you're little, when you're a friend, when you're five years old, you're not thinking about anybody else but yourself. So if I want you to think that I'm good, I'll do whatever I do in order that you should think I'm good. But ultimately, it's all about me. If I want you to think I'm wild, I'll do everything to make you think I'm wild. If I want you to think I'm uh, sharp, I'll do everything to say I'm sharp. So my whole friendship, my whole connection to you is really all about me. And that, that continues, of course, into marriage. You don't get married and all of a sudden you become this awesome haver. The same story. You say I love you because if I don't say I love you, what kind of husband would I be? How would she, how would she react to me? I have to 
do all the right things because that would make me not a good husband. I have to give her money. Well, she's not going to cook otherwise. So, we, we, you know, there's a, there's a give and take here. So you're sitting in your marriage and you're, you're in the same head. You're doing all the right things, by the way. You're doing beautiful things. We're talking about a guy now who's doing it benahat. He's doing it right. We already went past the first step. He fulfills the first condition. He does everything benahat. does it right. But the Rambam says you're still missing something. You could be benahat as much as you want. But the whole thing could be about you. All your friendships in life. Every guy say hello to it's about you. I have to say hello because otherwise I'm, I'm the type of guy who doesn't say hello. So then people won't respect me. It's all about me. I have to go to this guy's party so they come to my party. I have to have this guy here because otherwise what? Every interaction, again, benahat. You fulfill the first condition, beautiful. Did a great job. Everything is benahat. But says that I'm bam, it's all about you. That's not a haver. That's not a friend. You can't build a family like that. You can't build friendships like that. When everything you do is about you. So where, where does it come from? Where should it come from? You know where it should come from? Very simple. It should come from a feeling of responsibility. When you walk into your home, you should feel the responsibility of what do I need to do for these people? Because I am not complete myself. I'm a shekel. And the only way that I become complete is to feel responsibility for other people. What can I do for that person? She's been home all day. She probably needs to hear a few words of encouragement, appreciation. Not because it's me. I, she needs it. When you walk around with a feeling of responsibility to your friends, you come into shul, you feel responsible. That, that guy could use a pat on the back. That guy could use a little direction. When it's coming from inside of you, rather from towards you, that's called musar. Musar means holding back your selfishness. That your friendship shouldn't be about you. It should be about your responsibility to others. Of course, that makes you awesome. That makes you great. But where, where is the focus here? When you're talking to people, when you're doing for people. It should be coming from a feeling of responsibility. You walk into your home with responsibility. I have all these people. What can I do for them? I go into Bet Knesset. What can I do for these people? What can I give them? What can I help them? And that's the way you approach your friendships. It's not about you and what do I get back to you. It's about what I can give you. When you walk around your life with that feeling of responsibility, your marriage becomes awesome. Your friendships become powerful. And most importantly, Hashem becomes part of your life. And when Hashem becomes a partner in your life, you become a very powerful person. You turn from a small person to a very big person. Hashem says, I want you to love another person. The way you feel responsible for yourself, be responsible for things that you could do for him. Feel the responsibility. That's what I want from you. And then the Pasuk says, Ani Hashem. Ani Hashem means what? It means I want to be with you when that happens. I want to be your partner. If Hashem is your partner, you can't fail in life. Hashem is in your marriage. Ish ve'isha zachu. A man and woman have zachut. Shekhinah benehem. The Shekhinah is with them. How? Because they don't live a life where they're looking at themselves. They're looking to fulfill their responsibilities to each other. And there Hashem says, I'm with you. And if Hashem is with you, you can never fail. Not in your marriage, not in your business, not in your life, and anything that you do. If Hashem is with you. When is Hashem with you? When? When the things that you do come from your heart. If it's coming from anywhere else, Hashem says, I don't reside anywhere else. 
That's why when they, when they were collecting money for the Mishkan, some people came with gold and silver. They told them, I'm sorry, we can't take that from you. What do you mean? It's a lot of money. We can't take that from you. Next guy, they give him a little piece of gold. We'll take that from you. What? What happened? I gave you this big plate of gold. We, we can't take that. Why? Because the whole purpose of the Mishkan was that Hashem should come down the Shekhinah and be a partner with Am Yisrael. Hashem says, if you give your money with your hands, there's no, I can't be a partner with you. If the money comes from your pocket, I can't be a partner with you. I need the money to come from your heart. I need you to feel it from your heart. If it's not coming from your heart, the Shekhinah doesn't come down. We must reject the guy who comes with the gold plate. We can't take it from you because we can't take the Shekhinah down with that plate. Wherever you see people who are from the lev, from the heart, there's Shekhinah. When there's Shekhinah, Hashem helps, you become a very powerful person in everything that you do. Whether you're teaching, whether you're working, whether you're in your family, you become very powerful when it's from the live. Says the Rambam, to acquire the status of a haver, which is the highest level, to take your mahasita shekel that you were given and to make it something complete, you need two things. All your interactions always should be benahat, be pleasant. And that, don't unload on people. Don't do that. Tell a guy all your problems. Don't do that. People don't want to hear that. If you have a real issue, when you come, you could ask questions. Say, what do you think? How do you think I should handle this? That's a question. You can get people to help you. But don't, don't start unloading things that are not important. People don't like to carry the Garbage that's coming out of you. They don't want to hear it. It's not a pleasant interaction. If you desperately need to ask your local rabbi. To ask people, what do you think I should do in this situation? That's beautiful. What do you think I should do? But before the, what do you think I should do? You know what happens? You give him a sob story of 35 minutes. The guy's already emotionally drained from you. And now the question comes. Don't do that. It's not pleasant. It's not a ple- don't, don't be heavy. Don't be a heavy person. Be light. Be pleasant. Be pleasant and musar. Let it come from you. Let it come from your responsibility to others. Let not your friendships be about yourself. Pleasant, responsibility for others. You become a haver. You become a complete person. That the angels, the haverim, will listen and say, that's the guy. That's a guy of success. That's a guy who's building a great legacy in his life. Shabbat Shalom.